You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Here we are for the Dietitians in the Media series. Amongst all the noise out there, it's important for dietitians to be both creative and evidence-based in the media. So we talk to dietetic leaders in the media space in order to give you the guidance and courage to do the same. Hello everybody and welcome to another great episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host Kate Agnew and I'm a dietitian-to-be studying at the University of Queensland. We've got a really exciting episode coming up today as part of the Dietitians in the Media series, and we've asked Matt O'Neill to come on the show today. So Matt is an accredited practicing dietitian and accredited nutritionist. He's the founder and director of Smart Shape Center for Weight Management, and he's the creator of Metabolic Jumpstart, which is an online nutrition and weight management program. Matt is also the nutrition guru for The Morning Show and is the weight loss coach for Men's Health magazine in Australia. Matt runs a blog called Mission Metabolism and connects with fans on Facebook and Twitter to share his expert advice and tips for keeping his fans on track with their lifestyle habits. Hello, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's awesome to have you here. Thanks for inviting me. and It's great to do this um, recording for Dietitian Connection. Yeah, I'm really hoping the listeners will be able to get a lot out of this because I know you are very involved in the social media space and also with your very successful businesses. So we'll jump straight in. Um, now, I thought you could tell us a little bit about your work at Smart Shape and at Metabolic Jumpstart. Yeah, well, I started Smart Shape. Uh, which is the Smart Shape Centre for Weight Management back in 2000, um, you know, some 16 years ago. And that was to, you know, inform and inspire people working in the weight management area, you know, predominantly personal trainers. That's my, my history of teaching personal trainers about nutrition. So, Basically, we offer inspiring weight loss tips, tools, and training. So everything from just convenient tip sheets that people can use, um, various tools like presenter packs with PowerPoint to save people time, and training, so online courses as well. And now with the digital age and people doing webinars, that we're offering more webinars too. So, I mean, what I've learned from that is that weight management might seem like it's calories in, calories out, but the whole science of putting it together is really complex and it's it's great that people are putting up their hand and saying, hey, can you help me out with that? So that's the space I work in there. And then in 2009, um, as a result of working with clients and getting frustrated that I had to use the same Excel spreadsheets cut and paste again for their diet plans. And everyone in my seminars was asking for, you know, diets and help. Then I started Metabolic Jumpstart, which is an online nutrition and weight loss program. So we've now put 20,000 people through that program. And essentially, it's it's giving them like dietitian matched plans and targets um, online without having to go and see a dietitian. So within good, safe, ethical practice, it sort of helps out all these predominantly personal trainers who can't give the level of advice that dietitians can and we partner up with them so um, they do the exercise I do the diet and between us the clients can't really get out of it they have to get results which is very rewarding that sounds like 
quite a novel idea and also taking advantage of the fact that people are moving to using systems online and everyone's on the internet now. So would you say you kind of took advantage of that space? Yeah, well, there's two things happening there. The first was, um, you know, there's a market because trainers were saying, you know, we need help. You know, we're not the experts in, in diet and nutrition. And despite what some dietitians are thinking that, that personal trainers and other health professionals are all trying to give diet advice. And I'm sure we'll come back to that, that whole professional issue, but they do want help. So if you can work out a way to give them help, that is really good. So we matched up that with also they're, they're, they gained confidence by suggesting to people and recommending the program. So um, we didn't actually say we are going to create this business from day one. It came from the personal trainer saying, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you work with me? So I guess a big tip for people there is you've got to have the demand for something straight away. You can't just cook up a product and say, hey, this will sell because it could bomb. But if you've got that demand and say, oh, I think I've got a solution for that. And that was really, really nice. And it's rewarding because they they get the results with the clients. And then you get an email, oh, somebody's lost 20 kilos. And, and I mean, ultimately, that's what every dietitian wants to see somebody do, lose the weight and keep it off. Excellent. So yeah, obviously responded to that demand then. Um, so what does a typical day look like for you at the moment? Days have got lots of things going on because, um, I mean, as a result of running a small business, then sometimes you can be doing all different aspects. And I guess, you know, over the years, I've known enough about each different aspect, whether it's administration, whether it's databases, whether it's web design. Uh, Often I say I know enough to be dangerous, which basically means that, you know, you think you know it all, but you know enough to know when you need that expert help. Um, And that's a good thing too. But the day starts off with um, checking social media. I'll use an app called Feedly to check news feeds to see if there's any stories coming out. Um, Usually link those to Evernote as well so there's a lot of apps and technology now that you tend to wake up with and use first before you even move on to email then we screen clients so I could have all different profiles um, this week we just happened to have several hundred people starting on the Monday with their metabolic wow. jumps that plan yeah yeah so there's diet plans to be done now Without going into the detail, we've got some proprietary software which makes that faster, you know, went from Excel spreadsheets into some programming and that was a logical progression. But, yeah, it's great. I've put together 30 or 40, you know, diet plans today already and that means then you're working on with, oh, how can I get some new customers or if I need to put together some new content. Um, Every week for Metabolic Jumpstart we do a member's e-news so we've got to do new recipes or a new tip sheet or new content And, and that obviously uses a lot of time and then you might come back at the end of the day to do your customer service for your existing contacts and partners. You might check LinkedIn or other things from there. So it's varied and number one tip for people, which I still struggle with, is to to quarantine set days for doing that quiet stuff like your PowerPoint presentations or writing your articles and that because um, running a, a business, all those normal business things can interfere with that quarantine time. So you've got to be precious about that as well. Okay, yeah. So do you ever find yourself doing work at odd hours in the morning or the evening? Yeah, the morning is good. Early in the morning is good. And I used to work long hours too much. And and that was really draining. So I've been through that whole extended time period of just working around the clock and I actually enjoyed it, but I've stepped back from that a bit. And as you know, the business matures as as you mature, you can do that as well. But 
I think you can work smarter as well. And you've just got to say, well, wait a sec, I, I can connect to anyone on the internet with a couple of clicks. I've just got to do it a bit smarter. Um, you know, so you, you don't want to dob yourself in for working 24-7. You'll burn out. It sounds like you have definitely gotten to that point where you're working smarter with your business then, given the fact that you're talking about setting up all these systems. And, and those systems, yeah, those systems is really where it's at. And that takes a bit of time. Like we might be getting new customers started and that and we're, we're racing and, we're, you know, great new people are signing up. The money's coming in. That's fantastic. And then you realise, oh, wait a sec, there's – there's a problem with these customers. They're not understanding what they need to do. And that could be for any dietitian. They're sending out a particular email to a client and, and they're not understanding. You think, wait a sec, I've got to stop, spend half an hour, do a template that I could use again and again and again. And and that's a tip too. You've got to take time out to template things or do systems and even mind mapping like MindJet. Um, just Google that. That's a great mind mapping software. And we use that routinely to come up with, you know, a bit of the system and the flow. And it's all about trying to do it once and then it repeats and you can do an email template or use software to do it. So um, there's a lot of that to be done. But once you get it going, that can run in the background. Yeah, I'll definitely check all of these resources out. And we'll also have a link on our show notes so that listeners can do the same. So Matt, could you explain why you chose to start your own businesses? Yeah, well, I guess SmartShape developed out of um, teaching. Um, you know, everybody listening will know what their talents are as well. And, and if you really uh, um, go for your talents and, man, you know, there's a thing you say, go for your talents and manage your weaknesses or outsource your weaknesses as well. But in terms of talents, mine seemed to be teaching and inspiring and educating. So as a result of that, I was doing talks, even when I had a full-time job, you know, back in the late 1990s at Choice Magazine. I was the nutritionist there, senior policy officer, advocating for food labelling, genetically modified food needed to be labelled, all that stuff back then. But on weekends, like on a Saturday, I was teaching nutrition for personal trainers. So it wasn't like I woke up one day and say, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start this. It was a progression into that and there was more and more work and some speaking gigs came along and at choice I was on the telly for them so it was a bit of a progression to part-time setting it up in the background and then a leap you know to full-time so I guess a tip there is you know if you can do it part-time what your passion really is and build that up and then take the leap you can be a lot more confident I mean these days it's a lot harder to just say well quit your job on Friday and wake up on Monday and start a business Um, it's usually that progression into it. Yeah excellent so could you give us an idea of uh, I guess the steps that you took to start your businesses for those listeners who are actually thinking about starting this sometime soon and want a little bit more about I guess idea of what's expected? Yeah that's true well I think, as I said earlier, the systems you've you've got to have in place. So um, if you're still sending emails just from Outlook and saving emails there, you've got to get some sort of, you know, database. Um, you know, we use Sage Act uh, database. We're going to probably move on to another one called Infusionsoft. Some people might know about that and things are tending to integrate. So number one thing is get yourself some efficiencies, you know, very, very early. But then look at, okay, if I'm going to start a business, you know, have I got something that's going to sell? A lot of, you know, dietitians, other health professionals think I'll put a program together or I'll um, offer my services. But 
you've got to think, well, wait a sec, have I got demand for this uh, as well? And that's where you start off like I did. You do freebies. You know, those seminars that, that I do a lot of now and get paid for it were free at the beginning. And they then get some testimonials. You know, don't be bashful about asking for testimonials. You need those because nobody's going to listen to you, but they'll listen to recommendations. And then that's what then gets a bit of a demand. Then you look at templating things. Um, Online, obviously, you've got to look at how can I package anything I used to do face-to-face, you know, digitally, you know, webinars or downloads or e-books, which are pretty popular these days. But as far as, you know, the steps to setting up the business, look at your database management, your email management. Websites can be put together dirt cheap these days. It's not like 10 grand that it cost me years ago for a website from scratch. Um, It's just like going to Ikea. You just select the bits you want and fair enough, you might get someone to put it together for you, but a lot of stuff is very, very modular. WordPress has so many add-ins these days. So in a weekend, you can have a website up and running. So I don't think it's as hard to like start a business these days. Anybody can do that. But at the core of it is, hey, have I got demand and what's my difference? Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more. Yeah, excellent. So I just thought we'd jump straight into, I guess, talking more about the social media side of things, given the fact that you're talking a bit about the website there, um, which is excellent, by the way. Uh, you've done a really good job of it so far. And also, I know that you're very active in the social media space with your Facebook page, your Twitter following, and then also your blog page. So I was just wondering what habits do you have that I guess contribute to your success with these pages in the media space? I'd probably say first that you've got to be switched on to it, you know, almost 24-7. And I mean, and that can be a little bit in friction with what I said earlier about, you know, not trying to work as much these days. If you're just doing it yourself, and a lot of dietitians are, then you're going to be running all your social media. So you've got to think Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to go after the young ones, it's Snapchat as well. And it's constantly evolving. Um, and it'll be different in five and 10 years as well. So you've got to put your hand up and say, okay, I need to stay across this. Um, so you might not just follow other dietitians on Twitter, you might follow um, things like Mashable, which has the latest on technology and the latest on social media trends. Um, not to be an expert on it, but just to know enough and to see the insights about what you need to do. Um, you might want to specialise on one social media channel. Um, my main focus is Facebook um, for my Matt O'Neill Dietitian Nutritionist page. And I tend to share tips and ideas. And I mean, it's just about sharing lots of useful stuff. So you've got to run this filter through anything that you share and say, would people find this useful? And for example, I still want to sell stuff. You know, I'm trying to promote a webinar uh, at the moment when we're recording this um, for weight loss professionals to come and learn how to put a program together. I, I can't plug that every day. I've got to give a tip sheet on sugar cravings one day. I've got to, you know, put up a photo of inspiring food a bit later in the day. So you've got to give, 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 and then try and take. Um, and, and that's a strategy that works. Obviously, you can't promote too much. Just like in old school, you can't just put lots of ads in, in magazines. Um, I think if you can share funny stuff as well, people like to have a laugh or inspiring stuff. Um, I did a share last week 
on um, this run up an alpine hill in in Finland, and it was the steepest hill. And it was this crazy race where they run like two kilometers up a vertical almost. It would near kill you. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and lots of people like that because they thought that is insane. So anything that sparks an emotion um, is what you really need on social. Because if it's people go, only oh, that's interesting, then they're not going to share it as well. So anything that's new and different, new, you might even go and get some ideas from other pages, bring them into your page just to get people's attention. And then you've got their attention and then you say, oh, by the way, you might find this tip sheet set really useful and here's an offer and that sort of thing. So uh, probably the last point on that is there's no one secret. It just changes every day. And and that's why different strategies do, do evolve. But the number one thing, useful stuff, useful stuff for people and then you'll build your audience up. Yeah, I follow you on Facebook, Matt, and I must say that your inspirational words have actually gotten me off the couch at times to do a bit of exercise and also <laughs> have reminded me of what sort of better habits I could have with my meals. So thank you for that. Look, and what you've got to be conscious for anybody that does have a Twitter account or a Facebook account is that um, your job is not just to inform people. And I guess for dietitians, we really need to know this, that we're not just giving people information so you should eat two pieces of fruit, you know, and that sort of thing. You've got to inspire people, number one, and, and always run that filter through things and say, would this actually, like you said, give someone, a, as I say, a nudge or a kick in the pants to change their habits? Because, I mean, like other dietitians, I get frustrated that people won't change and eat healthy so you've got to say you know will this inspire someone and and nudge them and try and do it as brief as possible you know you've got twitter put it in 140 characters um you've you've got a very short attention span so don't be boring as <laughs> simple as that don't be boring great advice so I wanted to talk a bit about the segment that you were in on the program Sunday night back in uh, August 2015 regarding the paleo debate. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience and also what actions do you take when followers or other professionals don't 100% agree with your opinion? Yeah, that, that whole uh, paleo segment that Mike Willisey doing Pete Evans' paleo diet in two segments on, on the Sunday night program on Channel 7, they brought me in to, to provide commentary for the second one uh, because um, they'd received some criticism about it was very one-sided and that. So that was an interesting experience because first op- first thing I thought was, hey, great, this is a chance to, to educate people maybe on some facts. And the second thing I thought was, um, wow, great exposure. There's nothing like TV, you know, even if someone, even flashes up just briefly so never knock back media change it change your whole schedule to get media so that took half a day to do and the third thing I thought was what will I get used for so as, as a dietitian, you've got to think do they want to know everything and am I going to be you know allowed to tell my story or do they just want a one-liner comment to say everything in moderation increasingly I am seeing you get potentially screwed over on interviews so basically you've just got to watch what you say like a politician you know they rephrase the question they won't give a straight answer you've got to you've got to go into that saying what you want to say and try to um argue your point like a politician would so i think more like a politician or a debater than a dietitian and on balance they gave some good comments in there but 
it was, remember, you know, there, there's a show on that, that people are, Pete Evans is on, on Channel 7, and it's a Channel 7 program. So, you know, it's obviously there's a conflict of interest there as well for the facts. But afterwards, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of, as you might say, haters that will come onto your website. And I, I had other dietitians alerting me, hey, watch out, these people are serial trolls on Facebook that will just try and tear you down because they're very pro-paleo. Uh, and here, let's cut and paste paleo. Let's cut and paste um, vegan. Let's cut and paste um, just raw food, or you know, or any dietary style, I guess. And I thought, wow, I haven't experienced this. I mean, they got a little bit personal, but I've got thick skin, so that's okay. But um, what I had to do was try and um, argue back logically in a way that they sort of would go, oh, yeah, what you say is makes sense. And so I, I tried to do that, but just know you won't win over everybody. You, you won't. And I just had to agree to disagree with people as well. So one, great for publicity, absolutely fantastic. Two, watch out because if you really want to stick your neck out, um, you'll get haters. And, you know, in a way, unless people hate you, you you're not getting noticed. So on balance, it's a good thing. Um, and I'd say to anybody, you know, go, go out there, get the facts out there and push your case very convincingly um, because you will get enough fans and followers and, and people that like that. And, and that's what energises okay, you. Okay, it sounds like you're fairly resilient to that kind of stuff though and you kind of have a pro- proactive plan in place to deal with it. Yeah, well, you know it's going to come with that and you know that at any time, you know, often dietitians in the media where they're put across as moderation and fairly boring and, you know, anybody can put up their hand and give diet advice in the media now and, and they can spread their word within, you know, 30 seconds on digital media and that. So we've got more competition than ever. So once you know and accept there is so much competition, in a way I'm the underdog, and I actually said that, I said that in the interview on, on, on the whole paleo thing that, you know, it's probably the underdog here. He's a cage fighter because as dietitians we've got, we've got ethics, we've got rules, we've got science, but there's a lot of people sprouting very nutritional approaches that they're not playing by the rules, and that's hard to compete. So you've got to get smarter and 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 compete um, and make things sexy, inspiring, and, and and enthusiastic. Yeah, whilst still playing by the rules, I suppose to a certain extent. I mean, there's one thing I always think when we're trying to get a message across is. Um, I think people want to know why and how. So it's almost like, um, for example, why, why should you eat vegetables? People will say, oh, they're good for you. They're healthy. Duh, we know that. That's boring. People will switch off. People might say, eat vegetables because did you know all those collars are full of antioxidants? They reduce inflammation in your body, which actually helps your muscles and your fat cells work better, and you'll be leaner as a result of reducing that inflammation. And they sort of know, oh, I'll lose weight. Why and how? Because of the inflammation. So why and how, um, I think, are two big things because we know the facts and the science, we can communicate, whereas, say, a lot of faddish-type people out there, they can't really tell you why. You ask them a question and they're stumped, and the how, they can't explain the science. So the why and the how is where we've got the advantage as dietitians. Very well said, Matt. So I often like to ask our social media star dietitians to talk about why they think dietitians should have a voice in the media. And that basically answers that question. But do you have any extra 
points on why it's so important? Well, I think the main reason is is there is so much competition for um, nutritional attention, you know, whether it, whether it is paleo, whether it's um, sugar free, whether it's a, and the biggest selling programs are from non dietitians out there. That's just very very clear because they can be um, alarmist, they can be extreme, you know. In a way, if a dietitian went out with alarmist and extreme views, um, you'd get a letter from the Dietitians Association, and. The good part of that is it keeps the science straightforward. But, you know, the downside sometimes is, well, you might think, I really want to advocate for this. But, you know, oh, it goes against the science. So, you know, I've, I've, you know, there's this niggling feeling that you can't be, re, be proactive. But you do need to. You've got to compete out there. If we, if we don't compete in the media, then um, it'll just be the Wild West as far as nutrition goes. And, and, I mean, we all share that frustration that people are confused. No wonder they're confused. But um, if you show people the why and the how, followed by some really practical tips of this is what it looks like when you cook it as well, then they'll go, oh, that's really yummy. <laughs> I mean, and that, then that comes to taste buds, doesn't it? So it's not just carbs and proteins and fats. It's, it's how does this taste? And I'm seeing more and more dietitians, um, you know, cross over into the whole chef area and that's fantastic because um, you're getting that, that those you know foodie eyeballs as well yeah Matt it sounds like you get a good balance between making things interesting and inspirational but obviously also still getting the science right with your business and also your social media presence what are the most important things you've learned about running your successful businesses Oh, I think there's probably a few things. I mean, as we said earlier, it's the systems. Get get your systems in place. Um, I think it's to know what you need to do. And, you know, it's always an ongoing struggle in terms of trying to do everything. You, you go to start a business, then you've you've got accounts, you've got admin, you've got um, publicity, you've, you've got marketing, you've got product development, you've got all this. Um, I think the sooner you can outsource some of that, the better. Um, it, Upwork. Um, is a website where you can outsource uh, your work, whether it's just transcribing your seminar, whether it's getting um, graphics for your social media developed, whether it's a whole website or whether it's um, just some simple programming for an app or something, you can outsource that very, very cheaply you know, overseas if you choose. And that means that you might have your business, which is you as a dietitian, but you might actually be working with a graphic designer, a web programmer, um, a PR person, um, you know, somebody that does run your social media as, as well. And that can be done very, but all remotely these days. So you don't have to put on as many people because you can outsource it. Um, and... Probably the next thing I'd say related to that is if you can outsource something like prototype something. They say Steve Jobs at Apple carried around a a little block, rectangular block of wood that he wrote on an iPod. And before he invented the iPod, uh, which came before the iPhone, of course, um, he said, we want to put a thousand songs in this. And he just said it was a block of wood. (laughs) Wow, okay. But but that was his prototype. And he said, now we need to make that happen. And and when we're seeing these movies about Steve Jobs, I guess we're getting insight to how um, dedicated, inspiring and and, unwavering 
and and I guess in a way tough he had to be as well. Um, something I've always had a challenge with, you know, you don't you don't have to have everyone like you, but they have to respect you uh, as well too. So when you start prototyping and pushing things through, you might have to be a bit tough on on people to get it done, but that's business uh, as well. And probably the last thing I think there is is just remember it is business um, too, and it's not all, it's not personal in any way too. So if you, you go to get a job, you know, a speaking gig or a consultancy, and you don't get it, um, don't take it too personally. Just think, okay, how could I have got that, and work harder for the next one. So that leads me to my next point. Um, how do you keep creative? thinking and innovation going on within your business and also with regards to your social media spotlight? Um, I think technology is really opening up lots of new opportunities um, and it's not so much techy anymore. Uh, I mean, related to Steve Jobs and Apple, he wanted to put a computer in every ha- every home and, and a lot more than that has happened. So now we've got access to this technology and app development is relatively cheap. So... I think the ease of the technology and the accessibility of it is actually inspiring lots of new things, um, whether it's a, an app to do menus, whether it's a, an app to work out metabolic rate or, you know, whatever it is, that's driving innovation and there's no shortage of different apps or products and that that comes out of the technology area for solving problems. Um, I think social media and seeing what other people are doing just so easily every day inspires you too. So whereas we used to go to seminars, and I know that's – I wish people did because when you connect and network and with dietitian connection uh, events, they're great because people network there and there's nothing like that. But we do tend to stay at home these days. But if you just go on Facebook or Twitter, you're going to get inspiration and just start following inspiring people and think well how could I do what they do but in the way I want to do it for me so I can be unique um, there's no shortage of inspiration out there. Obviously I know you are uh, doing a lot of webinars as you mentioned earlier so that's obviously taking advantage of that technology component as well. Yeah look the the webinars are where it's at these days as well I've seen those progress. Um, Used to do full day weekend courses you know for people and people have their weekends precious these days. I think that's because they're switched on so much during the week. So, uh, you know, if you're doing a weight loss program or you, you want to do a seminar, invite people along, you've got to be like a big celebrity to get people to come along. I mean, Lady Gaga gets people to go to her concert. Why? They love her and they'll pay lots of money to do it. Um, if you're up at that realm, people come and see you on the weekend. Unless you're there, they may not. And that's where you've got to deliver it conveniently, effectively online and webinars seem to be where that's at. Excellent. So what would be your number one tip to a dietitian who aspires to achieve the same business and or social media success as you? I think... I mean, and this is what marketers will say too, is that, you know, if you're stuck in an elevator with somebody, you know, just for 30 seconds or or less as you're coming down in the elevator and you were to say, you know, oh, oh, what do you do? You've got to be ready to have, you know, that that pitch back as to what you do. Um, You know, I said mine earlier, the Smart Shape Centre for Weight Management, we we provide inspiring weight loss tips, tools and training uh, for dietitians and health professionals. And we're trying to, you know, encompass that just like that. Oh, okay, good. I know what you do. Um, You've got to have it where somebody would leave that elevator going, oh, that's really interesting or it's inspiring or I didn't know that. 
And in this digital age where we're just bombarded with so much clutter, you've got to work harder. So I'd say just practice in an elevator even. What's my pitch? What's what's my point of difference? Um, give an example. I, I, and I still don't know, and I might have missed it. I mean, who who's the specialty pregnancy dietitian? Um, you know, who's the go-to person for, for pregnancy um, as far as nutrition goes? And I've been saying for years, I don't know the dietitian who does that. I'm not going to specialize in that area. But if I knew somebody did, then I'd go and get all get their advice and you know maybe ask them to do a tip sheet and maybe collaborate with them because a stack of my customers ask about nutrition during pregnancy and I've got a few tip sheets and other sources. But you know what's your specialty? And if you can pick it and then tell all the other dietitians this is what you do and you're the go-to person you know, after you've got some resources together, they could probably go, that sounds pretty logical. Um, what you're pitching has to be really logical. If you're just saying what other people have said and you go, yeah, there's lots of other people saying they do this for nutrition and I'm doing it too, then you're just going to become another number like everybody else. So, you know, you just got to say, and test it out on your friends. You know, they, they, they're usually pretty honest but pretty brutal uh, for that as well. So you can see there's a lot of testing and prototyping you do just to check you're on the right path. Otherwise, you might need to adjust. So you're talking about, I guess, finding your unique, I guess, selling point and then um, also whether there's a space for it or not or demand as we were discussing earlier. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, and that that's old school, you know, marketing as well for that. I mean, um, Steve Bezos, who started um, Amazon many years ago, he wanted to do an online store and he thought, what will people buy? And now they buy everything online and eBay started off of that. But he chose books because books were the easiest thing. He said, people know what a book is. They know exactly what it is, even without touching it necessarily. And if they know they can get it in the shop, and but they can get it cheaper online, they'll just order it. And that was his easiest thing to sell. So you might have to think, okay, I've got all these ideas and ultimately I want to do seminars and I want to do consultations and I want to do webinars or, or resources. You might have to think, what's the easiest thing I can do? Um, you know, with Metabolic Jumpstart, I'd love dietitians using the system and the architecture behind that. That's a vision and a goal. That's a bit more difficult than just the personal trainers. So I've got to be patient and wait for that. It could be two years, five years, I don't know. So go with what's easy and you know will sell. Um, and probably something else I just thought of then, I do find it difficult to juggle one-on-one -on -one consultations with seminars work. So you may need to make a choice. Am I dedicated to one-on-one -on -one consultations and running a practice like that, which can be draining, you know, emotionally when you're working with clients, or do I just want to do seminars where I just push out all the information, inspire some people, but ultimately I'm not too involved emotionally and they'll go home. And you might have to just work out what your balance is in your life. I find it difficult to balance both. So I do minimal consultations, predominantly education, and that's my specialty. But I know some practitioners that primarily do one-on-one, -on -one, and I think they're amazing. And, and I, they're so resilient working with people one-on-one -on -one as well. So choose 
one-on-one or seminars, if you can mix both, uh, I think you've got some real skills there. And um, I was going to say as well, it's really great that you are, I suppose, getting involved with personal trainers and just to know that we have a fantastic dietitian at the front of that service is, I suppose, really comforting because we know that they're getting the right nutrition training. Personal trainers that do do some training and they learn about muscles and anatomy and that sort of thing, because it's a course you can do in eight weeks, it's well short of university as well. So, you know, the trainers won't like me saying this, but you've got to face the facts. That is a step up from a consumer, but there's a lot of knowledge they don't have that they still need to be educated as well. Um, and there's even other health doctors as well um, that need to be educated. That's that's a whole other target market that's just difficult to, to get. If you can get a drug company to sponsor you and the ethics of that's fine, great. That's going to get you into doctors, uh, resorts and things like that. did a bit of that years ago, but you just want to pitch straight to them. It's harder. But the, the personal trainers, they are good to work with. They're very inspiring. And, uh, you know, my ultimate goal is to link dietitians with personal trainers for consultations and that sort of thing. So um, um, that's a bit of the vision. Yeah, awesome. So we'll have to watch out for that then. So, Matt, it's been really fantastic chatting to you today and I guess seeing what goes on behind the face of Matt O'Neill. And also you've provided us with such a fantastic range of tips and tools that we can use to kickstart our social media presence and also to put our business plans into actions and we'll definitely have all the links to those tools as well as to your business available on our show notes so that'll be available at dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts but Matt I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today it's been a brilliant episode thanks to uh, Marie as well dietitian connection yeah it's an honor to, to talk and uh, it gives me a real real buzz and it's uh, you know when your job is you think you want to inspire people to eat better but then you get inspiration out of being given the privilege to to, to share some of your experiences then that's that's wonderful and very much appreciated Also, a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, could you please leave a review for us as well as pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends? And also make sure that you are subscribed to the Dietitian Connection podcast so that you can automatically download the new episode each week and so that you don't miss out. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time for another fantastic episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast.